You're getting good at that. That's like a here's Johnny going crazy. Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program. It's smoking and toasting, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, we are coming to you today from the studio as we do show number 78, where we will be drinking craft beer from the Spindle Tap. It is a uh, show that's brought to you by our uh, normal sponsor, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, very excited about the show today, Ian, because uh, Leo Longoria from Spindle Tap Brewing is going to join us and talk about beer. So it's going that to be guy is pretty fun. Yeah, he's he's going to be a lot of fun, and we have lots of uh, just judging by the pre-show cool jokes that we were passing back and forth. Yes, and we also happen to know he's brought a couple of very cool like tap room only beers. I'm pretty excited so, about so that. So I love what I know already <laughs> of their brews that are commercially available. But the taproom only beers, this is where it starts to get really fun. Yeah. So psyched about that. He'll be joining us. Plus, uh, not only will we be sampling a number of Spindle Tap craft beers uh, from the Spindle Tap Brewery in the greater Houston area, but we will also be trying some Tequila Avion from uh, New York, New York. So very excited about that as well. So tequila, we haven't done tequila on the show in a little while. And to be honest, it's I'm, been at least a couple episodes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? You remember that old commercial that used to be for like Wolf Brand Chili where the guy would come on with that big sort of like uh, Sam Elliott voice and yes. say, how long has it been since you had <laughs> Wolf Brand Chili? And then he'd go. Well, that's too long. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about the tequila. So, uh, so anyway, lots a lot going on. Um, there is a uh, a bit going on in the world of uh, of news, craft beer, and um, and cigars. And Johnny Walker is introducing a new uh, brand. Really? Yes, and it's going to be all about you know female empowerment, which is a big topic right now with all the Me Too uh, stuff and people really thinking about women's rights and empowerment of women. So Johnny Walker is releasing and launching Jane Walker. Nice. So we'll tell you all about that uh, coming up. And there's, there's just so much going on. We're really excited to be uh, to be in the studio today and be doing the show. And it's starting to feel nice outside here in Houston, Texas. And so I'm starting to think of now about you know summer activities and being out on the porch and the balcony and drinking and uh, you know having you over and having you bring a lot. We of We need cool to get beers. together on the patio of B and B. We do definitely need to do that. We're so overdue for that. That would be a lot of fun. So uh, so I know uh, the weather's getting nicer. Did you smoke anything uh, interesting this week? My friend, I did, and I totally forgot to pull it up on my phone right well, now. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you take a look and <laughs> you uh, pull that. up your notes? I know I'll you, tell like, you so. I know you like to make notes when you smoke the cigars, so that you can you know remember what the sensation was, and that's you know that's important because we don't always get to smoke live on the show. So right, uh, so uh, you know I usually do take notes. I, I, I wing this one; it's fine. I don't have to look it up. But uh, I smoked um, kind of an old standby. It's a Drew Estate Big Dirt Natural. Wow. Or natural big dirt is the mm-hmm. uh, the size. They have funny names for all their. Uh, Somehow I had a feeling stuff. that's what you were going to do. I don't know how. Yeah, I that. a, yeah. you know, we might have talked about that at some Maybe. point in time in the future. Yes, uh, but <laughs> make but that make you- sense. Um, so so <laughs> these cigars, uh, the the natural series, always have a very much a sweetness on the. Uh, on the tip of the cigar. Well, uh, and I always think of them as, you know, they released naturals after they got so much publicity for releasing the acids, which were the right, infused, right? Right. So when they released the natural, it's kind of their way of saying, hey, we also do these other cigars that are uh, very non-infused. And it seemed like they really sort of defaulted to the very earthy kind of uh uh, kind well, of so the natural is a little departure from what I usually smoke because right. it's a much lighter cigar. It's definitely in the mild 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say maybe on the bigger side of mild, but it's definitely mild in the mild range. At most, yeah. And um, and it does. It has that sweetness that when you put that cigar in your mouth, that that tobacco has a sweetness to it that uh, I don't know what they if they infuse it or they put it on there somehow, but. Um, it's really kind of a delightful little trip. It's a great big silky smoke from a uh, from a not a very big cigar. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Uh, the the construction from Drew Estate has always been fantastic. I'm always happy with their uh, their construction. I don't think I've let me down at all. Um, the smoke on this is very classic cigar with some sweetness to it. Very campfire, very cigar, very uh, earthy uh, farm mm-hmm. kind of flavors. You mm-hmm. know, right, right. Um, and uh, and it's just a joy. Like if you're just getting into smoking a cigar, this is a great cigar for you. Uh, my wife loves these. Pardon uh, me. Even the naturals. So even the naturals. Yeah. She loves those. That has I know she likes the, the flavored the cigars. You know. Yeah, she likes those Drew Estate um, Java Mints very mm-hmm, much, mm-hmm. and that's a high quality infused cigar, not oh, a sure. cheapy, yeah. mm-hmm. not a cheapy infused cigar. And they're, and they're expensive, but they're good. The Drew Estate Natural, they're not super cheap. Um, you get exactly what you're paying for. I'm put it five out of. Out of uh, out of our price versus quality, Uh, you get exactly what you're paying for, uh, depending on what size you get. I think it's about a six dollar cigar, and it's great. It's always a good go to cigar. Um, It's not a very long cigar. That's one of the reasons I keep them around is because you can get into it and you can smoke it in a half hour. You know, somewhere in that in that uh, neighborhood. I like the natural juicy Lucy. The, I love the names on them. The yeah, names yeah. are funny. They got yeah. the dirt, and they got the big dirt, and they got the Juicy Lucy, and they have yeah. the Cuba Cuba. And oddly enough, all of them are slightly different blend, uh, blends, yes, too. slightly different blends. So I just want to remind people about the price to quality index. If you're new to the show, you might say, oh, he only gave it a five. Well, five means that that cigar was worth every penny that it cost. Right. It means, basically, it lived up to its reputation, it uh, lived up to its price, yes. and it did not disappoint. Anything above a five on the price to quality scale means it was worth more than it cost, or it smoked. Maybe it was a uh, you know what'd you say it was like a five six dollar cigar? Yeah, uh, so I think it's about six dollar so, cigar. So if if you gave it a six or or a six and a half, it'd mean it smoked like a nine or a ten dollar right, cigar. Right, right. Uh, but in this case, it means you got what you paid for. So as long as the rating isn't under five, it's a good rating. And if it's under five, it just means yeah, it might not have been worth worth what you, quite as much what, right. what you paid for it. Exactly. And we very rarely have cigars that are that far that far down the scale. We've had but a few, but, but this yeah. is a this is a fun cigar. It's to me, it's like uh, it's like. It's like a candy bar. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, a big. I'm going to sit down and think about this cigar for a long right, time. Right, and really get into the complexities. And right, all that, yeah, yeah, but it's a great smoke, and and the and just the just the uh, the whole sit down and the whole you know ceremony of it. It's a lot of fun. Well, I had a, I had a very um, kind of like a special occasion cigar uh, this week that I wanted to mention, and it was a La Aroma de Cuba Noblesse. Toro. Ooh. This uh, is this cigar is a thing of beauty. I mean, it's absolutely not only the wrapper is you know beautiful and pristine on it, but it also had one of the nicest, most classic looking bands on it, and had a little ribbon around the foot. I mean, it was really, really nicely done. Most one of the most gorgeous cigars uh, that I've smoked in a while. It was given to me as a Christmas gift by my stepson nice. Aaron and his wife Jesse. So uh, they went. I, I know exactly what they did. They went into one of the uh, local 
tobacco shops here and said, looking for you know something special, something that he'll right. like ooh and ah over, right? So they didn't steer him wrong because uh, only 3,000 boxes of this particular cigar were made, and uh, it was just a thing of beauty. Ecuadorian Rosado wrapper, a Nicaraguan binder and filler. Uh, it was made in the Don Pepin Garcia factory, so my expectations were... Pretty high. Pretty high, right? Yep, yep. Earth, spice, and dark chocolate on the pre-light, but once it was lit, I mean, this baby just took off. It was nutty at first, and then about a quarter to a half an inch in, boom, here comes the pepper. Kind of like you Aroma sort of expect. Is known for that big, big flavor. And, and really, most of the stuff that Don Pepin Garcia is involved yeah, with has yeah. got some pepper to it. Uh, once the pepper died down a bit, you could get some nuttiness. There were hints of tropical fruit, and really a surprising creaminess, given how powerful... The cigar was turning out to be. You don't necessarily expect power and creaminess in the same cigar, but this stick had it. Uh, it was, I thought, the definition of the term flavor bomb. Like if you were to nice. look that up in the dictionary, boom, that's what this it is. is. The picture of the aroma to Cuba. Full bodied, but somehow creamy. It was. It was really simply outstanding. So this is what a fifteen dollar cigar is supposed to burn and taste like. And you know, you're going to pay anywhere from fifteen to probably eighteen for this, depending, right. you know, where you buy it. Uh, but but if you think of it as a fifteen dollar cigar, price to quality, I'm going to give it a five and a half, and that nice. that's a big deal because of fifteen dollars. Expectations are high, you know what I mean? Like so, to to rate it anywhere higher than that, to say, yeah, I'd have been totally happy paying eighteen or nineteen with that, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? And so that's uh, so that's how it goes. So I I thought the cigar was great, I really did, and uh, and a lot of times I will say when I have. You know, those more expensive, those more than $10, $11 cigars, my response is often, well, that was good, but was it really that much right. better than an A.J. Fernandez Enclave, which is 8 bucks right. or 9 bucks? You know what I mean? Right. Is it really that much better than that? You know, And so that's how I tend to look at these things. So when I smoke an expensive one and go... Wow, yeah, that was really worth it, or maybe a little more. Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying that's a pretty big, pretty big. Padrones hit compliment. me with a few cigars like that. <laughs> yes, well, that some of their the, top end cigars and are just Rosarios so good, are yeah. just are just fabulous. They really are. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we are going to be welcoming Leo Longoria from Spindle Tap Brewing. We're going to talk beer. He's uh, brought some things that are special to the tap room only, as well as some of their flagship brands, and we want to find out all about Spindle Tap and you know where where the idea came from and and. And uh, what what is we'll also talk with him about the whole craft beer explosion and what's driving all of that. So uh, it's all coming up. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting, brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant in Washington Ave on Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. We'll be right back. Forgive me. Welcome back, my friends. It's smoking and toasting. Show number 78, drinking craft beer from the Spindle Tap. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And it is our pleasure uh, to introduce our special guest for the show, Mr. Leo Longoria from Spindle Tap Brewing. Leo, welcome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me out today. Uh, I'm looking forward to sharing our beers with you. Oh, that's awesome. Leo, what is your official title at uh, Spindle Tap? I am an account manager or, you know, a fancy word for a sales rep. So, your, so, yeah. sales rep. so you're the guy then, a uh, big part of your job must be 
going out and actually getting the product like onto shelves and into uh, and into retail that's part of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I visit breweries and uh, uh, not breweries, sorry, uh, bars <laughs> I mean, and I visit a lot of breweries. But yeah, yeah, so I, I do I that too. Uh, <laughs> bars, part of my job, you know, I go to a lot of bars and restaurants and, mm-hmm. and grocery stores and places that that have the potential to carry our beer. Uh, we're very fortunate that people like what we make, and so uh, a lot of our stuff it's easy to find. You know, H E B, Kroger, Specs, Whole Foods, mm-hmm. Total Wine, all have carry you, our products. Have yeah. you noticed? Like, is it difficult to get, uh, uh, you know, a cool little corner bar or restaurant to to give up tap space for something like that? Is that something that's a real it, challenge, or uh, do you find people go, yeah, this is we don't have you guys yet. Let's put you in. You know. It depends. Uh, it is getting more challenging, uh, which, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, of growth here in Houston in the craft beer uh, scene. Uh, I think when we came online, there was maybe twenty or so mm-hmm. places that made beer in the Houston area. Now we're getting upwards to fifty. Uh, so it's making it really competitive. Yeah. But the great thing is, is that. Uh, there's a lot of great liquids out there, and uh, for us, you know, the consumers will kind of decide yeah. uh, which are the ones and that, that you got to make good beer to keep yeah. up. You yeah, know? but isn't it almost uh, this? One of the things we've noticed seems very true in the in the craft beer community is that uh, sure everybody's competing. Uh, I'm only going to buy so much beer, and you want me to buy you know yours instead of somebody else's. But at the end of the day, isn't there almost a sense that you help each other as well? And Absolutely. There's a, there is a little bit of a sense of community among Absolutely. among you guys. And I think that's really uh, there, there's more of that than there is a competitive nature. Yeah, we're we are competitors, but at the end of the day, we're all. We all feel like we're part of a family and part uh, of a, a movement, even yeah, you know, yeah, of, towards good beer. You know, definitely <laughs> a movement. And uh, I don't know if you guys have recently heard about this thing called the Daisy Chain, uh, um, a project. Basically, uh, it was Southern Star Brewing out of Conroe. Mm-hmm. They came up with this idea to use a yeast and then share that yeast with other breweries here in Houston. We're all making a different beer. Using from, that from the yeast. same nice. yeast. Oh, that's, yeah. cool. that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Well, yeah. we've noticed and had and sampled a number of them on the show from all over the country uh, that brewery collaborations are becoming a big thing where a brewery yeah. will get together with another brewery from the same town or, or somewhere else and they will together craft a beer that then both both breweries will sell. Uh, and that's a pretty cool idea too. Absolutely. And we've, we've done one uh, and we're working on another one right now. The one that that we did was actually post Hurricane Harvey. Uh, there's a brewery in Louisiana called Parish Brewing Company, mm-hmm. uh, and we collaborated on a beer where all the proceeds went to the That's J.J. So Watt cool. Foundation yeah. for Hurricane Harvey Relief. Nice. That's that so was cool. a lot of fun, and one of, it was one of our best beers. Wow, yeah. that's very cool. So not to get off on a, a side thing, but when you brew a really great beer and it becomes one of your um, – you know, one of your limited availability beers, something like you just described. You said that was one of our best beers. Like, is it like tough to see it go away? Like, do you, why don't we have this like in our uh, ongoing portfolio? How does that work? So for that particular beer, it was very tough because it, we basically agreed that we would only, we were only going to make it once mm-hmm. because it was for a specific reason. Uh, and we just felt that to, to keep, for it to be special all the time, people will remember it and, You'll, you'll always have that memory like this was a great beer for a great cause. Uh, some of our other beers are still very popular. I brought some stuff that we'll share here later. Uh, we're known for our hazy IPAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are extremely popular and those are hard to find. The good thing, though, is that we'll, we'll continue to make them even though 
you know, when we make them, they usually sell out within a few days. So that's sometimes minutes about. too. That's so. crazy, wow, nice. especially yeah. in today's environment where there's so much choice for craft beer. I mean, even when I go downstairs to you know Phoenicia in my building, and I go down there, and they've got this little beer area, but it is packed with so many different choices and so many different kinds of beer, and it's like it's it's very well curated, but it's like for something to sell out like that that quickly. In this kind of environment where there's so much choice, uh, that says a lot about about what you got, you know. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And I mean, we're we're very fortunate and really kind of humbled by the response that we've gotten uh, from the community uh, regarding those beers. So uh, again, just we we love making them, and we hope people will continue to enjoy them. What, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, you're here in Houston. You have a tap room. We do. Available? Our tap room is located. Uh, uh, on the east uh, northeast side of town, off of 59 Little York, the physical address is 10622 Hirsch Road. Um, we've been there for a couple of years. We have a beautiful air-conditioned tap room uh, with full view of the brewery. Once you're in the tap room, nice. um, we normally have anywhere between eight to twelve different beers on tap. Uh, it's family-friendly. Uh, you can bring your kids. We do kid-based events throughout the year. Uh, one of my favorite ones is a, a gingerbread house party that we do uh, during the holiday season. So, again, just super friendly uh, and welcoming. We're open Thursday through Sunday. Uh, and you can go check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to learn about events and stuff that we do at the brewery as well. That's very awesome. Cool. That's very cool. Was the Blonde your first uh, your first beer? What was the first beer that uh, Spindle Tap? Released? The first two beers that we that we made were Boomtown Blonde, which uh, we're about to sample here in a second, and Honey Hole ESB okay. were our, our very our first two beers, and that was actually before I joined the brewery. They were the first two I remember seeing, right? You know, uh, right. on shelves. But uh, I have tasted the Honey Hole ESB. Yeah, I didn't remember that until you said that. That name, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. tasted that. I like the idea of. A, well, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and do a little sampling of, of yeah, the yeah. blonde here. So, so this is uh, this is Boomtown Blonde here. Mm-hmm. You'll see this uh, on store shelves all over the all over the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! And, uh, <laughs> I love that. Sound. That was nice and there, juicy right? there. I love yeah. that. Yeah, we yeah. do love our sound effects here on the show. So sound effects uh, are good. Yeah, we, and and those are the best because the other ones we have are kind of you know from the little red sound effects box and they're not that interesting. <laughs> this is a pretty classic cream ale right here. Yeah, it it really is. In fact, I I, I love just uh, you know the construction of the of the can, the way I, I say the construction, the design of the can, the way it's got the the spindle tops on it, and there's information to read. I'm one of those people that likes to read about my beer <laughs> while I drink. You're the same as you me. Know? I love. To I read do. Stuff, I love yeah. reading the stuff that. They say and the you know the way they talk about how the beer was crafted and so on and I the think story it's, yeah the story, the story behind the beer good. so uh, so this was one of the first two and it's uh, it's it's a very sort of easy drinking you Fair. know sort of a blonde I mean you immediately get the honey and 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 sort of spring and summer notes uh, just on the first uh, uh, on the first smell it's not overly hoppy either it doesn't have. Yeah. So, so much right. of that floral it's hop, got more of a cream ale. You're sort going of against the grain. It, yeah. Everyone makes everything so hoppy now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and this is definitely not one of those beers. We use a very mild German hop in this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to, uh, you know, just kill your palate. Uh, no, it's we got want a this... nice finish. It's a little crisp, but just leaves a little bit of flavor there too. That's nice. Yeah, I like and it. It has a bit of a sweet, dry finish, and that's one of my favorite things about it. Uh, this beer for me is kind of like my lawn mowing beer, my post lawn right. mowing beer. Mm-hmm. You know, after I'm done working, you know, just go pop one of these open. Mm-hmm. It's just very light and very refreshing and easy to drink. This is uh, again one one of the first ones, and you guys, <laughs> you kind of uh, it, the world is so IPA centric right now, and I love that. But uh, 
But it's interesting that you didn't start there. You started with an ESB and a uh, a blonde that went kind of in the other. I mean, ESB has some similarities, I guess, to IPA, but uh, but it seemed like you were going in a different direction. Well, what's interesting I was, about that I thought too, was cool, you know, is that not a lot of companies make ESBs. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. the only ones I can think of locally are going to be yours and um, Eureka Heights. Yeah, yeah. Right. Holler and, makes a really good ESB as do well. Do they? Okay, yeah. I haven't had that. Uh, and yeah. you know, I think of like some of the national uh, ones. Like uh, I've always loved Red Hook's ESB, right. uh, which is very good, and Fuller, of course. Uh, the Fuller ESB is yeah. is quite good. But yeah, that's that's an interesting. Uh, for those of it's you who don't know, style. ESB is extra special bitters. Right, extra special bitters, and it and it generally is a more bitter style of beer, but more in the way that a pale ale or an IPA mm-hmm. is right. is, mm-hmm. is or can be bitter. And you know, I I do complain sometimes about IPAs that are too bitter, but ESB it has a different characteristic. It's a different to kind it, of so. bitter too. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah RSB uh, it is bitter, but it, it's it's uh it's very well balanced with the uh, the the honey that we add to it. Yeah, yeah. Why, don't, why don't we go ahead and try that because I want to I want to contrast it with the uh, the Boomtown Blonde, and uh, I love that that you guys sort of you know went with the spindle tap theme and the mm-hmm. whole you know Houston as the oil boomtown. You know people who are living in Houston now who weren't here back in the day. May not remember. I mean, this was a wildcatter oil man's town. Yep. That's what put Houston on the map, and it was all the oil back in the uh, really back in the eighties that drove the economic like uh, center of of Houston. Really drove all the other businesses that sort of showed up and became a thing. And and it's easy to forget that now that Houston is so diverse and and stuff. But this this was a wildcatter spindle top town. You know? Well, even to this day, when I meet people that have just recently moved into Houston, I always ask, "Are you in <coughs> computers you or gas? oil?" Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the two. Or do you work for NASA? <laughs> right. Uh, well. I can tell you, I've I've had this beer before, so I went right to it without doing the, uh, you know, sampling on the nose. But uh, the the Honey Hole ESB, obviously, there's there's some honey in this. But where did the name come from? Is it is it? Uh, so it, just to kind of backtrack a little bit as far as like oh, why we're called Spindle Tap. Uh, so the the guys that own the brewery are also involved with other businesses that deal with oil and gas. Okay. Uh, so, so they're oil very, and gas guys. They're yeah. oil and gas guys. So it was uh, very easy to. Look at Spindle Top over in Beaumont and say, "Hey, why don't we just change the O to an A and call it mm-hmm. Spindle Tap?" <laughs> that totally yeah. worked. Totally. So, worked. so all the names, you know, most Plus of the names you- that we do have to do with the oil field or oil field terms. So, like Boomtown Honey Hole is like a, you know, a rich oil find, right? Right. 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 Uh, we also, you mentioned Wildcatter. In a minute, we'll have Wildcatter Double Wit. Okay. So um, yeah. So That's yeah, um, a, a lot of names. Things that are all in keeping up. with the with the vibe and the style of yes, the brand. Yes. And uh, I was also going to mention the whole spindle tap vibe gives you a great visual for the taps that you put into the tap rooms and, exactly. and the bars and stuff. So. Exactly. And when, and when you come to our tap room, or even if you see us on tap around town, our our tap is an actual oil derrick. So yeah, yeah. yeah. stands totally out. Makes sense. Yeah, stands out. You're like, oh, they have spindle tap. Well, when is that? You know, it's it's like so. This ESB has that super classic ESB bitter oh, finish. I just love it. This it's is wonderful, and it has that interesting honey on the nose right up mm-hmm. front, which is mm-hmm. just something you don't expect when you think ESB. Of course, when you call it honey hole, you kind of expect it to have some kind of honey in it. <laughs> I'm I may yeah. like this even better than I like their IPA, which would be an interesting. Uh, 
which would be an interesting this, thing for me. This would be a go-to for me. Yeah, I, I like this. Although, when we get to the IPA, I'll remember how much I like it, and I'll probably reverse that. <laughs> but, but at the moment, I'm drinking this going, you know what? This ESB is just fantastic. This has got to be in ro- in refrigerator rotation. I mean, it, it really is good. It, and, and like Ian was saying, the, the honey sort of like just offsets – the bitterness in just a really yeah. wonderfully balanced kind of way, and it makes this totally work as a very drinkable. There's kind beer. of a biscuity kind of, mm-hmm. maybe almost a breadiness going on in there too. That's something I think that, the that ESBs may be more likely to have than IPAs. Maybe is that kind of a biscuity? I don't know. Uh, it kind of reminds me. me of like, like almost it like tastes like it tastes like cereal or, or something yeah, like yeah, okay, that. Maybe that's what I'm mm-hmm. looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of what, what I the finish for me is always. I mean, it tastes like a, a right. bowl of cereal or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all searching for, but I think we're going for the same right, thing. Well, it's right. a very pleasant bowl of cereal. Though, <laughs> exactly. it's not, it's, sometimes you think oh, I don't know how that would be in a beer. ESB is not just for breakfast anymore. It's good. One that's of the things right. about our ESB that's uh, <laughs> that's a little off. That's not that's not normal. Is first of all, it has honey, but because of the honey, it has an added amount of sugar, so it clocks in at seven percent. So it's a little bit. It's a little yeah. bigger than most. It's, DSPs. A, it's it is a little bigger than most DSPs. You know, we people when folks come to the brewery, you know, we say, you know, if you're drinking honey hole, you know, slow down a little bit because right. yeah, you don't easy. taste it. Yeah. it. No, you it's, definitely it's don't. Easy drinking, you know, yeah, and you definitely uh, don't. And before you know it, you know, you'll you're honey holed and you're calling Uber. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. thank God for Uber. Right. Uh, so, all right, so uh, we do have, and I will take it easy on the honey hole because we do have more uh, more beers to taste here, and we're going to taste some tequila avion, the reposado uh, that is uh, sitting here on the counter. We're excited about that. So uh, it's going to be a fun episode drinking craft beer from the spindle tap. Uh, we'll be right back at Smoking the Toasting. Awesome. That's a really delightful yeah. Thanks, guys. Really. We, uh, we catch Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. It's episode number 78. We are drinking craft beer from the Spindle Tap. Leo Longoria from Spindle Tap Brewing is uh, joining us to talk beer today and talk all things Spindle Tap, and we appreciate that, and we will be doing more sampling, which is our favorite thing to do, actually, on the show. We love talking about uh, beers and cigars and, uh, and you know, spirits, but we really love sampling them sampling. the best. Sampling is what it's all about. Johnny Walker is introducing a special edition Jane Walker, the Striding Man logo. You know the Johnny Walker yes. Striding Man with, with the, the cane and the whole the, yeah yeah the umbrella. Uh, I think it this, is a cane. He yeah. has been uh, he has been on the Johnny Walker bottles for two hundred years almost, but um, they are about to swap out their long standing icon with a Striding Woman in a special edition, the Jane Walker edition of their Black Label Scotch whiskey. And I'm uh, reading this from a report. I'm going to show this just on the camera here. I don't know how in focus that is, but That's there is classy. the Jane. There is the Jane Walker, which you can see, and it's very cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very cool. The question so, is: Is it going to be the same Johnny Walker black, or are they going to change it for this particular? My thing? understanding is that it's the same, and uh, it is, but it is their first logo change in over a quarter of a century. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty big deal. Johnny Walker Gold, by the way, yes, is quite delicious. I have not had the Johnny Walker gold. gold. Yeah, Johnny Walker Gold is mm. quite delicious. Johnny Walker Black. It'll get you by. Yeah. And red is questionable. 
at best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure you mix the red. Yes, but, make sure you mix the red. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the gold is quite delicious and actually affordable, whereas the blue is quite delicious and not affordable at all. And by the way, I, I bring this up only because there was a link to it in the story that I printed out here. I don't have the full story, but apparently Aviation Gen has been purchased by the actor Ryan Reynolds. So huh. I've never had Aviation Gen, so we'll have to try it on the show and, and, and talk about him. That'll be fun. Gin is getting big these days. <laughs> Leo Longoria is uh, joining us from Spindle Tap Brewing, and we are uh, thrilled to have you on the show and to talk at Spindle Tap. And uh, when did Spindle Tap open? What was the what, what year did it open? It was uh, 2015. So and it's only been around for a few years. A couple then. years. We just turned two back in December. Um, you know, we've been growing. By leaps and bounds, and uh, we're excited, you know, just to be there. I know you mentioned sure. you does, weren't. Does a company go through the terrible twos? <laughs> a company's le- uh, happy to get to the twos. I think that's where we are. We're definitely yeah. happy to get to the twos. <laughs> right. if, you can, yeah. if you can get through the second year, yeah. you usually have a very good chance of being a successful company, or yeah. certainly the chances go way up. Right. You know. Um, so. You mentioned, I know that you weren't there at the very beginning, but you mentioned that at the time that Spindle Tap opened, that there were already about 20, you know, breweries in the greater Houston area. Right. What, can you speak at all to what made these guys feel like, I know there's already 19 or 20, but here's why we want to do this anyway, and here's what we feel like we have to to, to add to the mosaic of, of uh, beer making that's going on in this area. Well, I you know, um, these guys are they're entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, I think first of all, they, they they saw an opportunity for something that was fun, and it's something that they love too. I mean, they've been craft beer drinkers for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just with that alone, and with the new building that they built out there that houses the other businesses that they own, they're like, hey, what if we put a brewery in here as well? And, and we could invite all our friends and clients and just hang out and have a and have a good time. See, and yeah. honestly, it was just kind of that at first. To right? me, that's almost the best reason. Right, right, you know? right. It, it really is. It's like let's do this because we just kind of want to. That's for how fun. the show started. Well, it absolutely was. Right. It was like I, I know there's other shows out there that talk about these things. In fact, one of the reasons that this show deals like deals with craft beer and distilled spirits and hand rolled cigars. It's because we like all three of those things. Because they're delicious. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we exactly. Really, we really like all three exactly. of those things. We like talking about them. So, yeah. uh, so it's 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 really it's really a big part of it. But I think that if you have a real passion for something and you want to share that, I, I think that can be a good enough reason rather than market research and uh, here's our niche in the market. I understand why all those things. And you know, as a businessman, you understand why those things are important. But I think maybe what's most important is you know having a passion for what you do and letting other people find that passion in the quality of your product. So, you know? yeah. question, the owners, are they brewers themselves or did they have a concept and then so go out and find the people the, to the, brew? The main owners are not, are not brewers, uh-huh. but uh, two of our brewers are part owners of the company. Okay, uh, The That's head cool. brewer and the original head brewer are both part owners of the company. And, and you, you said earlier about uh, passion, and for me, that's what attracted me to to want to work at uh, at Spindle Tap yeah. is that I I saw that they had the passion for the craft and to make fantastic beers and then once I started drinking I was like man these guys are they really kind of got they're, it together they're, they're, they really do have they, something yeah going yeah on they got there. something going on there so uh, uh, I was very fortunate to know uh, uh, some of the owners before I started there and uh, uh, and I'm 
very fortunate that they uh, they decided to bring me onto the company. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What are we tasting next? Okay, so up next, this is uh, something that's only available in the tap room. This is an unlabeled uh, bottle, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited. This is called. Ooh, uh, that was awesome. Oh my god, that may be one of the best sound effects we've ever had on the show. That was so good. Brilliant. This is wow. uh, this is one of my favorites actually. Uh, this is called Wildcatter <laughs> Wit. It's a double Belgian wit that we add agave and tamarind to. Oh wow! And uh, we've a made this for a couple years already. Double and, Belgian wit. Yes. And wit beer is just the German. Uh, Style of beer, correct? Is, is, correct? is there a is there a meaning to wit beer other than just German style? It's a wheat. It's a, it's it's a, a wheat it's beer. A wheat. Oh, which um, is what the wit actually means, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So when I think that, I expect banana uh, because of the wheat and, right? and kind of the overripe flavors like that. Mm-hmm. There's a right. there's a certain kind of um, it's a weird word. I use overripe, but kind of a rot kind of flavor, but in a good way. Yes, I, I understand what you're getting at. Those well, are the uh, the esoteric uh, notes that you get from the uh, combination of the grain and the yeast and and, hop, so, and boy, you can yeah. get that right on the first sort of whiff of of this yeah. beer. You you pull out that banana and that very ripened fruit uh, yep. sort of a vibe to it. Now I saw you swirling it like a like a wine connoisseur does. Does that help open up the flavors in the it beer? It does. Like it, this? it helps, and it helps with the uh, with the aroma. So if you mm-hmm. kind of swirl it, you know you'll 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 create a little bit of turbulence in the liquid and. Yeah, you get a little, that, little more foam. What's interesting about this, too, that oh, I didn't so expect is the mouthfeel is real big on this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's bigger than you'd expect, especially looking at the color, <laughs> that kind of medium straw color that you have going on there. And it doesn't have a ton of head on it or anything like that, so there's nothing indicating that this would be such a full mouthfeel kind of um, kind of experience. I will tell you that I uh, the, the wheat beers are not in my sort of short list of favorite styles. But there is something so delicious about this that this this could definitely be like a regular rotation beer for me. This is this has really got a smoothness and a sort of... Um, there's something about wheat beers in general that leaves... There's a little bit of that sort of grainy aftertaste that just isn't to my palate's liking. I was just about to actually say, this has a hop finish on it that you yes, don't expect on a wheat that beer That you don't all. expect on a wheat beer. So you get that sort of the banana ripened fruit thing up front, mm-hmm. and then you get this hop sort of even just a little bit of citra on the on the finish, and it, it it's wonderful. It's really, really good. Yeah, this, this has an interesting balance to it, too, mm-hmm. because you get all those classic wit beer flavors right up front then it finishes almost like a like a like an uh, like a lighter IPA but you have this big mouthfeel the whole so time. I don't think I could strange. be a brewmaster because even if I knew like what to do you know in other words if I if I had knew the craft and and had had skill at doing it I would always want to craft things toward my taste like it would be hard for me to <laughs> like this is exactly the kind of wheat beer I would craft, you know, if I were if I were a brewmaster. Uh, but I realize that you know sometimes you don't want to craft to your taste; you want to craft to the taste of the people who really love right. that particular style of beer. Right. And uh, and so, but yes, if I were a brewmaster, this is this is what I'd make my wheat beer taste like for sure. This finish is so different from most wit beers that I've had. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the addition of the uh, the agave and tamarind definitely adds to that. Um, and for this batch, um, I believe we add a little bit more tamarind. Uh, so it has a, a it, it feels like it, it finishes a lot drier than previous batches. Is this something available yeah. only at the brewery? Um, 
I, so I misspoke earlier. This is not taproom only, I, and I do apologize for that. Uh, we we are releasing this uh, to go into bars and restaurants across the city. So, so it's coming out it's for coming retail. Out. It, it should be available here in the next few weeks. So it's coming out for taps. Will it come out for bottles and cans? No no cans this no time. Cans. Okay. But there are future plans to put uh, our some of our taproom only stuff or draft stuff into cans in the future. I going could see in, this. Going into bars and restaurants is a good first step, though, you know? Absolutely. Well, I could yeah. see this, though, in particular. While standalone, it's a nice beer. I bet this goes really, really well with food in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I, think so. I picture this with hot wings right now, because oh, this would dude. cut the hot yes. wing yes, yes, spice so well. Yeah. You know, and, and I bet it would even stand up with it, because it has that crisp uh, hop finish on it. How but I'm willing of, to bet that that goes. How much of this did you bring with you, and what are you doing after the show? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I only brought one bottle, oh, okay. and it's all gone. Well, it's oh. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but I'll tell you, this is really good. So will this will this just be called when this shows up at uh, at my favorite local brewery? Will it just be Spindle Tap Wood Beer? What what will I be looking for? It's called. It'll be called Wildcatter. Wildcatter. Okay. Wildcatter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love the name, and, and again, all. All of this stuff in keeping with the the theme and the the vibe of of Spindle Tap is very cool, very cool. I want to say, what did I taste when? Uh, because uh, you guys were in my uh, specs downtown uh, off of uh, Smith Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know a, a few weekends back, and I was in there shopping, and you were sampling s- a couple of things that were just so good. But I don't think it wouldn't have been this, would it? No, no. no. So it likely it would have been Boomtown Honey Hole yes. and Hop Gusher. And the possibility of Houston Hayes uh, being there during that time was okay. was also a possibility, which is one of our uh, New England style IPAs. Okay, so we're going to get to another. Um, we're definitely not moving quickly enough through the beers, so we will try uh, doing that when we come back. And that's not usually a problem. No, for it's us not usually a problem. Bizarre. But we're we're enjoying these so much, we're staying with them and talking about them. So uh, we also will be tasting some uh, Tequila Avion, and I'll be talking about how this got uh, major HBO uh, promotion, uh, which I wonder what. Tequila Avion paid for that, but we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that uh, coming up. You're listening to Smoking the Toasting, and we are uh, drinking craft beer from the Spindle Tap. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We're very Houston centric today. You know, we're from Houston. We make no bones about that. The, the show is heard everywhere, but uh, we are from Houston. And not only are we drinking a Houston, uh, Houston proud uh, local beer here today, but those are the sufferers who are all about being from Houston, and they're they're just awesome. So, love those. I ended guys. up going down the YouTube hole the other day with the sufferers. Oh, have you seen their like Audio Tree Live stuff and the Tiny Desk concert? That's I, so good. Have you seen the one in the van? Yes, yes, <laughs> awesome, oh, man. awesome. I'm missing out. I, I love them. Oh, they're great. The Suffers, S-U-F-F-E-R-S. Have you not YouTube surfed and gotten caught in that <laughs> oh, vortex? Gosh, you know, I'm not a really big YouTube guy, oh, unfortunately. Man. It can be a rabbit hole. Let yeah. me just so, tell you. So let me tell you what YouTube does. You watch something and it says, oh, well, if you like that, here's a bunch of other stuff. Yes, So yes. you keep watching this and you look over here like, oh, I want to see that. Oh, yeah. The next thing you know, you're like six hours has gone by. You're like, yes. what's happening? Oh. <laughs> I think I think like the only videos I guess suggested are like cats and cucumber videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again. 
again, it, it is all about your search history. So that tells you yeah. that tells you what you need to know. Uh, man, so it's uh, it's really enjoying uh, the show. Leo Longoria from uh, Spindle Tap is our guest. Thank you for coming on the show and for bringing such uh, awesome beers. These are really really good. Ian, if I may say. I meant to mention this at the top of the show. I mean, you are styling today. You're sporting the uh, the sport jacket and just looking looking sharp. I'm, you know, I'm actually I'm thinking I'm going to take my girl out for a nice dinner this oh, evening. Oh, nice. nice. Right? We had we uh, uh, I think both of us were sick through uh, Valentine's Day. So you didn't get to do the Valentine's Day. We, yeah, yeah, we never really quite got to it. So I think we're going to do that this evening. And also. This shirt. Well, I was going to say, so I love it. that shirt. Can we get a shot of that on the? <laughs> yeah, this is. A, I Absolutely. promise you're going to see me wearing this well, shirt. Well, I was just going to suggest you should totally wear that <laughs> shirt again because it. it's so worth it. I'll try to put it on about a month rotation though. That'll work so. perfectly for me. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this was a belated <laughs> Valentine's present, and I thought, you know what, that shirt's the right color. Yep. To go with this awesome jacket. So we're drinking Spindle Tap uh, beers today, but before we go any further with the Spindle Tap. There you go. That wasn't bad. It wasn't like the pop we got no, on that. That, that pop tap, was which brilliant. Like the greatest one ever. Uh, but this is Tequila Avion. So while I pour this, uh, anyone who watched Entourage will remember Tequila Avion. Entourage was the um, the show that came on uh, HBO about the guy who makes it in uh, Hollywood and becomes the big movie star, and his entourage of friends from you know New York and New Jersey all go out there with him, and and you know they hang out and try to adjust to uh, to Hollywood life, and it's got you know it's full of cameos, and Jeremy Piven uh, was uh, you know sort of really his career was sort of made by that show uh, because of the great role that he plays as the uh, as the manager and agent right. for the for the boys uh but anyway one of the guys in the entourage turtle uh becomes a part investor in the show in uh tequila avion and supposedly he's dating the daughter of the uh guy that makes the tequila or whatever and mark cuban gets involved it's its whole thing i won't give the whole thing away but the point is avion gets mentioned like 150 times on uh on the show entourage and i thought that was i just thought it was very interesting and you know it's certainly Almost has to be considered product placement. I'm sure Avion yeah. paid for that, uh, but it's just interesting. I'm sure they benefited from it. Well, that's for sure. there's no no question they benefit because I would never have necessarily heard their name. I mean, maybe I would have, but the point is, I heard their name because of the show and heard it quite a bit. And of course, it made me think, well, I got to try some of this tequila. So I'm I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to try it here today. So uh, so it's it's a uh, it's a very interesting. Now this is the reposado. And it is available pretty widespread. I mean, it's out of New York, but available pretty much all over the country. One of the things that I appreciate that they did was, you know, when they got their exposure, they made sure that it was everywhere that you could find it, you know? Uh, And and certainly you can do that. So That one, however, is uh, particularly uh, selected for Fiesta food stores. Oh, so I wonder if this is uh, the Avion Reposado, which I'm sure you can find that just about anywhere, but I'm wondering what that means by So I think that that was a barrel selection. Oh, maybe so. Okay. Uh, That's why it's numbered like that. Numbered in, uh, yeah. It is bottle 107 from barrel 41, this particular one. If you, so. if you could follow my wife around for a day, you'd find that she's just an adventurous little soul. Well, I, your wife is awesome. She's so all. funny. Yeah. I mean, she's, it's like following a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's all over the place, but definitely is going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they opened a Fiesta beverage mart by the house, which is basically a Fiesta food store's liquor store. Mm-hmm. And she went in there, and I guess she decided she wanted tequila, and she just started talking to one of the guys there and said, what do you suggest? 
Mm-hmm. And this bottle, I believe, was about $37. Uh, my initial take on it was maybe not $37 worth. But after I tried it again, I thought, it's a pretty good tequila mm. overall. Well, I- I'm just going to interrupt you right there. Totally worth the 37 <laughs> You think it's Totally. So? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've just taken one sip. But what I'm going to tell you is that this has all of the things that my very favorite tequilas have. It's got... Uh, and I know uh, it's a reposado, so it wasn't aged as long as say an añejo. But this competes with some añejos that I've had in terms of the notes of vanilla and the sort of uh, the the oak, uh, you know, conditioning. Yeah, the oak conditioning and, and stuff. You can definitely you, taste. You can pull that out. And to yeah. me, I mean, I love the taste of just that sort of straight agave taste that some great you know blanco and reposado tequilas have. But my favorite is this. And, and this, this doesn't this kind have of... the agave slap mm-hmm. right up front. Mm-hmm. That, and I think that's why my initial taste on this, I was like, huh, I don't know, because I was expecting that initial agave it's, slap. It's pretty smooth. This is a little smoother, but it also has this little heat that comes back at the end. Right, towards the end and circles back around. Yes. Well, I will tell you, right now at this moment as we speak, I'm a little spoiled with tequila because... <laughs> My wife and I were out to dinner, and, and we were totally splurging, and uh, I wound up getting some Jose Cuervo um, uh, La Familia, de La Familia, uh, uh, which is probably my favorite tequila I've ever had in the world. Uh, and then, like two weeks later, it was Valentine's Day. We were out for Valentine's Day, and uh, we were at Tango and Malbec, and they had it as well. And uh. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go there again. So I've had that twice in the last... You know, and that is not and inexpensive. No, it's not. No, it's not. And uh, so, to to be praising this after that memory is so is so recent it, for me is is a pretty big deal. But I think that the tequila avion reposado, I think it's quite good. Uh, Leo, are you a tequila guy? Not necessarily. Um, you know, I, my neighbor shares some really good tequilas with me, and I can never never remember mm-hmm. the names. But I've had some really good ones, and this one. This one stands out. I need to tell my neighbor about this one because I think he'll enjoy it. I love – you mentioned the oak. Right. I really get a lot of oak and in the middle. And there's a stringency to it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you really do. You really yeah. do. So now, this is not worthy of salt and lime. Or, or no, no, no. No training no. wheels. No, no training <laughs> wheels on this one, exactly. Yeah, yeah this if, is if you're good doing, sipping tequila If for you're sure. doing salt and lime with your tequila, you definitely need to upgrade your tequila. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the thing. So, uh, so I don't want to uh, cut from one thing to the other too quickly, but uh, just in the interest of time, uh, do you have any of the beers that you're bringing that might be a good, uh, a, a good matchup with this? Oh, you know, gosh. Um, <laughs> I know we've talked about doing some barrel aging, mm-hmm. and we do have a small barrel aged program at the brewery. We haven't done tequilas yet. We've done... A Chardonnay aged uh, the Wildcat or what we just had. We we we've done a that beer in a Chardonnay barrel. Is it a up. different version of it that's in, uh, or or is that part of it, it's what it's you, slightly you know? different, slightly different version. Uh, not not too not too different though. Uh, but we've never done tequila, and I've there's a few beers uh, that I've had that they're aged in tequila. Not a huge fan, but yeah, I, you know, beers and tequila don't always go together for aging as much as they sometimes I, will to drink I wanna, one and then the other. I want to challenge you. <coughs> you challenging me? And unfortunately, I don't think there's any left, but I bet that wit beer and this tequila will be brilliant together. Uh, I bet they would. Man. You have any left in your glass? 
I got about that much. I bet those two. Let's try it. It's enough to try and taste it. We just. I bet those one. two would work together flavor wise. Oh yes, they do. Now yeah. here's okay. here's what happens. That's very interesting. Is if you do the tequila first, and I just did a very small sip, the wit beer becomes much sweeter. Yeah. Than uh, than it tasted before. Right. But not in a bad way. It's in a it's in a way that makes it very drinkable. That's wow. Yeah. And you, and you pick up on the banana mm-hmm. like really off the top. Ian, you're you're a smart dude. I, I think about things sometimes. I think it's the shirt. Sometimes I use the noggin. You know, sometimes it's the jacket. Sometimes <laughs> I sits and thinks. I know. And, all I need now yeah. is patches on the elbows. Yeah. Sometimes I sits and thinks, and sometimes I just sits. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about me. Okay, look. Who uh, the thunk it? Yeah. Uh, so, well, what should we try next? Uh, spindle tap. Uh, so, where, where uh, are up we next, next, we're gonna we're gonna go into IPAs. Uh, this is our year-round IPA called Hop Gusher, mm-hmm. uh, available in stores across the city. So and we've had a, a uh, I, uh, we've had a boomtown, we've had a honey hole, we've had a wildcatter, and now a gusher. So Hop Gusher is our West Coast IPA, 6.5% ABV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hops we use in this are Mosaic, Mosaic and Citra, Citra, and yeah. Amarillo hops. Mm-hmm. Uh, very fruit-forward IPA. So you're going to get that nice bitterness that you would expect from an IPA. Ooh, it smells But very it's not IPA. very pronounced. Mm-hmm. And, yes, you mentioned the smell. The aroma on this beer is one of my favorite things. I and love this, pulling this it out like of our – flower uh, garden. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> I love pouring a sample from a from one of our bright tanks because it's super fresh and the aroma is just uh. very very prevalent and uh um on the flavor uh you'll get grapefruit and you'll maybe even get a little bit of pineapple and mango it's maybe some melon i've had some people say they pick up guava i i don't i never taste guava but um but yeah it's it's pretty outstanding like i i'm you know i'm the sort of resident ipa guy um that's really spectacular. It's 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 very citrus and tropical fruit forward. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to describe the finish. I expected here. from the, the well. I expected. Let me let me just tell you this. I expected from the the initial nose on this for it to be way more hop forward than it is. This is it's almost way citrus more balanced and, and yeah. And it actually has a bit of a malt profile that I was not expecting at all. And so on the end of that, what I'm tasting is a little of that malt sweetness. And again, we're back to that, um, that kind of uh, sweet bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, not banana bread, because it's not real banana-like, but sweet bread kind of uh, flavors on the very end that just finished this. And and it's got a, a crisp hopness to it, but it's kind of in the middle of the flavor where you don't expect it. It's It's a little strange, but... Quite enjoyable. Have you? Hey. What is the best seller in your line? Uh, you know, it kind of um, it kind of fluctuates for us. Uh, Honey Hole and Hop Gusher kind of go the back of them, and forth. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. One of the reasons I ask is I was I was wondering. I know how popular IPAs are right now, but I was wondering does that help or hurt? Like in other words, does it does it help because if somebody's going to try one of your beers, that's maybe what they go to. Or does it hurt because there's so many other IPAs to choose from, and so people may already have a favorite and not give yours a try? Well, one of the great things about uh, the craft beer movement is that the majority of the drinkers are what I call promiscuous drinkers. They're not they're not <laughs> faithful a to, to a certain yeah. brand or, or style. And they want to try I'm looking at you everything, right? <laughs> and so um, you know, for us, I mean. 
just to get the opportunity to get our beers in front of those drinkers and for them to enjoy it. And even though it might not be their favorite style or brand, they'll still come back to it and say, hey, you know what? This Hop Gusher, I really liked it. I'm going to try it again uh, mm-hmm. and buy a six-pack or two or whatever. I tell so, you, um, yeah. and I'm probably a little different from Cruz on this because I'm not as big of an – like I like IPAs when they're really well done. This is an IPA I would keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of IPAs are just so bitter and hop mm-hmm. forward that what like I like to liken to basically just chewing on a pine cone at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, there's not nothing like wrong that. with that, to be honest. Well, if that's what you like. You know, if that's what you like. But this has more complexity to it and makes me quite happy to be drinking an IPA. There's another brewery in uh, Shannon, Texas. Mm-hmm. Shannon Brewery. I think Shannon Brewing, yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a brilliant IPA, and this reminds me a lot of that because it's got a balance to it. It's mm-hmm. not just let's smack you around with hops and leave you there. So it's it's really nice. So to walk back to something that we said a minute ago, from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> does your challenge become not so much to get people to try your beer mm-hmm. for a particular beer that you release? But maybe to be something that they wind up coming back to? Is that, like, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know what I mean? Like, like where is the real challenge? Because you were saying, and it's true, in craft beer, man, people love to try everything. It's like, oh, I haven't right. tried Tap IPA. I'll try that. Right. Uh, but but how, how do you, getting them to come back must be the bigger challenge, given what's out there and the fact that there's, you know, 45 new IPAs they haven't tried yet. Right, you know? right. I, th- I think... I think for most most drinkers, they'll have they'll have their favorites, but they're still gonna want to try. So they'll, somebody will go to a store and say, you know what, I'm gonna go get me a hop gusher. And oh, hey, look, there's a there's a new IPA from from St. Arnold or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take that and try it, right? And so it, it becomes par- almost part of like a rotation, right? Um, mm-hmm. For for customers. So yeah. you're saying getting in the rotation, maybe that's. I the, think uh, I think that's, that's kind that's of the challenge where where we want to be at. And there's and there are drinkers that are super faithful to a certain brand and that's all they drink. But those mm-hmm. are few and far between. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I want to come back to the beer for a second too. Uh, maybe I'm just hungry, but this makes me want cheese and crackers. <laughs> I'm willing it to is bet a kind of a cheese and crackers. Yeah, thing. I'm willing to. Uh, that, that that I've had this with like, brie, and it's actually yeah. pretty good. With, with, which, with yeah, okay, brie. so yeah, I'm not yeah, alone yeah, on that, but I'm thinking yeah. like water crackers and a, and a sharp cheddar. Would be, which mm-hmm, sends mm-hmm, me back yeah. to an earlier question, Leo. How much of this did you bring, and what are you doing after the show? <laughs> <laughs> did you bring cheese and crackers? I had, unfortunately, I did not. We I should will, have. We will yeah. take a break to try and see if there's any in the kitchen, and uh, <laughs> we will be back. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. Uh, it's crappier, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, we're going to try just a couple more uh, spindle tap brews in our final segment. Yeah, that really makes me think cheese and crackers would be just awesome. It's a very refreshing IPA. And IPAs are always refreshing. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 78, drinking craft beer from the Spindle Tap. I feel the need after our last segment go back and be and really clarify something because uh, as the guy who usually speaks the most on the show about IPAs I don't think I was as clear as I would like to be about the spindle tap hop gusher IPA it's freaking delicious <laughs> that's that's what I can do I mean this really is a very good and well-balanced IPA and Ian I know that you said that but I thought as you know you know, if I talk about barley wine, people go, "Yeah, yeah, that's interesting." But if you talk about a barley wine, people take you very seriously. So, with any luck, I'm that 
I'm that representation for the show <laughs> this, for it's, IPAs. It's quite good. And I wanted to say, if I was uh, if I was anything less than enthusiastic, let me correct that right now. This is great. I mean, and I think I was enthusiastic, but I was busy drinking. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, it, it's quite good. And we and forgive you. So the Hop Gusher is your year-round IPA. Yes. And yeah. uh, and then I also was a huge fan of the ESB. And now you're going to blow our minds. I just I just want to say before you open that. I'm so happy that you're bringing out good beers because it's really awkward when a beer sucks. Yes, <laughs> and we're, we're you know, and sometimes we've we, only actually had that, that once, yeah, yeah. and I and that yeah. was uh, and I think it was intentional. That was um, from uh, the Yellow Rose. Oh, he brought something that he, he goes. This isn't his, very good, very but good. I brought a few guys. And we were anyway. both like, hmm. And Yellow Rose makes some of the greatest oh, beer. Yeah. I mean, those guys know what they are yeah. doing. Yeah, it was it was uh, a pretty funny moment, but like because we both yeah. took a sip, I was like. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, I didn't think you would like this one, or something like that. It was, it but he was totally just, brought him. He was, brought a you know a bomb. Yeah, it was just such a great moment on the show because he didn't give us any advance, nope. you know, warning of any kind. It was like okay, kudos to well, him by the yeah. way. And 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 I'm there going, well, there's things I like about it, you know, like. <laughs> but yes, but it's no, good it's, to be honest. Yeah, it, it's I, good I, to be I really honest. believe yes, that. Yeah. Absolutely, well, it's good for the good for them to to share something like that. Tell too. us what it is uh, that you're that you're bringing us next. So, and I have a feeling you're going to. Okay, I, I want to also just say I love this can. Like right, this, can we show this, this is not the, on the official the show. You might have heard in between, yeah. but yeah. this can is awesome. Yeah, we won't go into what you were saying off the air. That that'll be just for Facebook Live. Off but, on the air. But if it looks right. if it looks quasi familiar, you might familiar, be right. There, 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 there may be a reason behind there that. Might be a reason. Would there be a reason behind the thirty four on the back? Um, apparently there was a really great pitcher back in the day that wore this, uh, oh, okay. that wore this there number. It's a go. bit of, it's an iconic just Houston asking. number. Just asking. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's three, uh, famous athletes that wore that mm-hmm. jersey yeah. or wore that number. And, uh, I think we all, we're all familiar with, those guys. Familiar <laughs> with who, that, who that might be. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but this you, is, uh, you this do very well with the answer to that question. By the way. I just wanted to <laughs> thank say you. that was very expertly handled. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so what we have next, this is called juiced. And this is one of our, uh, Northeast or new England style IPAs. So it's, this is the hazy IPA. This is style, a hazy right? IPA. This is called juiced. Um, uh, and here, let me so, let me pop this up. Oh, yeah, that was that was a, it was a good fast one and a, and a good uh, a good a good pop. While you're pouring this, let me ask you: What do you think of the hazy IPA trend? I mean, it was obviously it was the thing that everybody made you know headlines about in the beer industry last year. Everybody was talking about hazy IPAs or New England IPAs or whatever it was that you wanted to call them. Um, what's what's your take on the whole style? So, uh, from a personal level, I. My first hazy IPA, and I didn't even know I was drinking a hazy IPA, like was from Parish Brewing Company, uh, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Machine. Loved it. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, have we had this that? Is incredible. I don't believe we right? have. I don't believe we have. Wow, where is uh, uh, where is where is Parish Brewing? So out of? they that's are, out of, of wait, Louisiana, like New Orleans. Louisiana. Right? Did Chris and you have that? Yes, you did. It was frozen. Yes. Yes, it was the one that was frozen was that he frozen, brought, yes. and it was still we we waited for it to thaw, and it was still good. That's how good it was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it has it a was skull a, with like a bunch uh-huh. of hops coming out of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, that was yeah. that was spectacular. In fact, I, in fact, I was so mad at Chris Hart. Chris, if you're with us, Chris, you really kind of ticked you. me off on that show because you brought me something wonderful that I can't get. <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a brewery in Louisiana. I can't remember the name of the town, but I know it's 
heading towards Baton mm-hmm. Rouge. So uh, not not a not a long drive uh, from Houston. I will remind everyone of what Chris said on the show. He goes, "I have friends who can get this for you." Nice. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. Let me tell you how many bottles of it or cans of it have shown up at my house. Zero. Uh, so we're gonna Chris have to track may, him down on that. Chris one. may have friends, but they. I want to talk about. So let's get away from that for a second. I want to talk about this. <laughs> this is delicious. You're loving. This is like an orange juice beer, right? Of sorts. Uh, right? It does have a very orange juice like quality. Uh, when you look at it, uh, very different from like the the IPA we had earlier, Hobgusher. <laughs> Hold that up again. Uh, Why do we call it hazy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't see through that thing. I'll tell you. Uh, very different, not only in look but also in flavor. Uh, aroma a lot more citrus uh, forward flavors even no more kidding. more so than hop gusher uh, the other thing that I really like about the style of beer is the mouthfeel has a, a, mm-hmm. a much creamier creamy, mouthfeel yeah, um, over more like, uh, like an a, orange juice really in terms yeah, of the mouthfeel yeah, yeah yeah and there's things that we do that create that uh, that mouthfeel uh, a few trade secrets that you know we. I, even I don't know, you know how <laughs> the, the the exact thing that we do to make these beers, but uh, I know that people here in Houston love these beers, and mm-hmm. we enjoy making them. And we normally have, you know, uh, long lines of people waiting to buy this, these beers. And uh, is it's, this it's what been, we're talking about that often sells out as soon as it, it sells gets out? The store? And this, we we try and do a monthly hazy beer release. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last month we made two beers. Uh, one was called Heavy Hands. And the newest one was called Cosmic Clouds. And we do pre-sale uh, uh, tickets that you can buy online on Eventbrite. That's crazy. And People this are last... buying pre-sale tickets to get, but they are. Yeah. And this last time, it was it was crazy because the, the tickets actually sold out in less than a minute. Huh. And And wow. we were just like, oh, my gosh. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> wow. So yeah. I want to point out on this, too. Um, your other IPA did the same thing. The big hop profiles in the middle of the flavor on this. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've experienced that really so, with IPAs. How does how does it not finish with the big hop with finish? The big bitter like hop we don't use a lot of, 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 of bittering hops mm-hmm. in the boil, which mm-hmm. is where bitterness come, usually comes from. Uh, we do a lot of what's called dry hopping, which is uh, occurs either – you know, a little bit during fermentation and then after fermentation. Uh, and we add a lot of hops uh, that add to the aroma and the flavor of the beer. And that's, that's one of the things that really sets this style apart uh, from, from other IPAs. So let me yeah. ask you a question about, like, marketing and supply. Is it a smarter play for Spindle Tap as a brewery that's, you know, doing what all the other guys are, which is trying to differentiate differentiate yourself from all the other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, breweries that are out there. Is is it a smarter play to do these hazy IPAs, let them sell out the way they are, and let it become a thing? Well, it keeps or, it special, I think. Right, right? keeping it special. Or would it be a smarter play to make more, make it, make there more to be there to, you know, serve the demand. Like, like, how do you and how do you choose which path to go? Well, you know, we, we kind of want to do both paths, and and so our first hazy IPA, which is coming up at a year now, a year anniversary, was Houston Haze, which released last mm-hmm. March, and uh, we did that beer for the first few months just out of the brewery. You could only buy it at the brewery. Uh, late last year, we started putting that beer in stores, and even in the stores, it was selling out. You know, within days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so honestly, for us, it's like, yeah, we can make more, but the demand is already there for not only, 
you know, for more product on shelves, mm -hmm. but for product that we make at the brewery. And we're actually adding capacity at the brewery as well, more fermenters, more bright tanks, so that we can increase production. But uh, we, honestly, we feel like that's it's still not going to be enough to where we can say we have flooded the market and you can just anytime you want to you can go to the store and buy one of these right. one of these products and yeah. and this one again is this is Justin Justin yes sir wow and it's a double IPA. I didn't it's a double that IPA. So actually, it clocks in at about eight and a half percent, but it doesn't. It definitely doesn't drink like that. No, it's, no it didn't drink yeah, like it, a double at all. I can't believe, like you mentioned earlier, how creamy the mouthfeel is on mm -hmm. it. It's just such a nice, delightful. It really thing. is like, from a mouthfeel standpoint, it's like it's orange juice, but then it has the the hops and the and the sort of. Uh, this beer might vibe surprise too. you. When I buy orange juice, I buy it with a high pulp. Mm. Yeah. See, I'm the same guy. <laughs> I like the pulp. I Me do. too. I and do. we normally have to buy two things of orange juice for the house because I'm the only guy that You're likes the, the pulp. You're the only one that likes the pulp. House, yeah, so. I like the pulp. Yeah. I like I like eating oranges. This? I just don't like peeling them. So the orange juice <laughs> with lots of pulp is the closest I can get to eating an orange. Yeah, yeah. This is somewhere between that that classic kind of grapefruit citrus that you get, but more orange bitter to it. It's, yeah, Leo, this, this is, is delicious. Thank this you. Is like uh, really one of the, one of the other things I get from this beer is uh, is stone fruit. Mm, a little mm. bit of like that stone fruit mm -hmm. kind of finish on the end. Um, that's the one that if you cut it the wrong way, it'll kill you. No, wait, no, that's different. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have that confused Not with something fish. else. Not puffer fish, yes. Um, so I want to leave ourselves time because you mentioned an imperial stout. I, yes, and so uh, just a quick backstory on this next beer. This is called aceite crudo. It's a Spanish word so, for say that again. Aceite crudo. Aceite crudo. Spanish word for crude oil. And oh, um, whoa, kind of, another good, and that was off mic too. That was off mic, yeah. Wow, uh, <laughs> impressive. Uh, so, a, a quick backstory on this one. Uh, and another word for crudo, it means being hung over in Spanish. Oh, so <laughs> this is definitely in addition one to crudo, like crude oil, right? I like the double entendre yeah, thing. Well, and I'm looking at this. On that one. Ian, this has your name written all over it because this looks like a cup of motor oil. It does. <laughs> so, clocks in at about 11%. If you put some chunks in it, I'd be happier. <laughs> oh, my God. Ian brought this beer one time. I know I talk about this, it seems like, every week. He actually brought a beer that had chunks in it. It was chewy. It actually, yeah. I was like, what are uh -oh. you doing to me? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on... Some of these uh, imperial stouts. It was stouts, one of the harvest dales. I think it was like a 2012 harvest dale. Oh, yeah, and apparently yeah, yeah. they harvested. So you know exactly what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Apparently oh, they yeah. harvested some big chunks of pumpkin or something. Because <laughs> they were in the beer. They were in the beer. You call that unfiltered. That right, is it. Right, right. This beer is chewy on its own without chunks. Yeah, this... that I don't mind. As long as it didn't have real <laughs> chunks. I don't, I don't mind the viscosity. I just. Uh, this beer boy, will, this has a will stain nose. anything it touches. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Um. It is very much like motor mm. oil, mm. and it's delicious. Wow. It's it's so chocolatey and so um, vanilla. Like, the chocolate and vanilla on it are just so huge. If loving motor oil is wrong, I don't want to be right. And what's funny is uh, this reminds me of, uh, what's the, um, the Conroe Brewery does that, uh, uh Black crack, Silver, uh, from Black Star. crack yeah. right? Black yeah. crack from Silverstar, yes. Yes, and it's very much like that. It's huge. It's big and round. Well, and we just had that on the show last week. Yeah, and, yeah. And this is, you're right. This is similar, but this one tastes a little more like a candy bar than that did. It's got a little more of that just sort of This is of more sweet, sweet less chocolate. oak. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, although it does have a little stringency on, mm. the, on the finish on it. It is delicious, though. 
it sticks to the side of my glass. Mm-hmm. Like these are all things I actually love about it. They might that, sound negative, but it's mean wonderful. That in a very no, no, positive way, don't you? <laughs> wow. Well, this is good. Now uh, I know we poured this one out of you know one of these uh, custom bottles. So, is this a tap room only? Uh, it was, and again, just like Wildcat Way, it will be available in in, in tap room or, or bars and restaurants. In bars and restaurants, not at retail. Not in a retail. Can, but no, not over yet. vanilla ice cream. Oh my god! Yes. yes. Can yes. you imagine? Or with a brownie? Yes. Oh my yeah. god! Uh, <laughs> Yeah, mm. Mm. like this is this is like dessert. You said earlier it's like taking a sip of dessert. Uh, we were talking about a beer, and this is this is very. Leo, much will like you that. guys think at some point about taking these special brews that are like what we've just tried here, and like the the wit beer, uh, and in addition to making them available at bars. Maybe putting them in bombers and you know releasing like a limited amount of them. To- that, that's something that that has been discussed. We're just we're we're not quite ready to do that just yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think in the future you will see releases, especially of Asate Crude and Wildcat or what. These are two of our favorite beers uh, that we do. Out of the I will say now. if if one of these falls off the truck, I have a refrigerator space for it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we might find a way to make it fall right into your refrigerator. Yeah, Leo yeah, yeah. Uh, Leo Longoria <laughs> from Spindle Tap Brewing. Uh, Leo, thank you so much for introducing us to some of this really. I mean, honestly, there hasn't been anything here that we didn't give no, this, a, a great, everything was a great thumbs up to. And uh, across a very wide variety of styles. And I'm you know, kind of looking back and trying to figure out what I like the best. And I have different favorites for different reasons. So that's when you... That's when you kind of go, okay, this would be, uh, give me the spindle tap flight because I'm loving it all. You know, I, I'm going to say I like everything we tried today, uh, but I want to talk about a couple outstanding points. Your IPAs, to me, are what I want in an IPA, which is not always the hoppiest not always pine front cone. and yeah. finish mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. They're such a good balance, and that, to me, I just love that. There's mm-hmm. very few IPAs out there that I think are that balanced overall. And it's not that I don't like them in general. It's just that I'm sick of the same thing over and over again, and Correct. these are yes. not that. Correct. And I just want to mention that the ESB, the Honey Hole ESB, might be your most unique beer, like in terms of the the way that it stands out from the rest of the of the beers in your portfolio. It is very unique, and uh, and, and we're, we're proud of that. And, and I love it, by yeah, the way. Yeah. It's tasty yeah, yeah. as it can be. And then that hazy IPA was just yeah. juiced in, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just, just like, oh man, you can just you can just sock me away right now. This is uh, this is this has been quite a show. So, Leo, thank you. We want to uh, make sure that you know that we would love for you to come back when you guys have something uh, else that you want to make sure is showcased that we uh, have a chance to taste, and or if you just want to come back and drink with us, that's cool too. I'm always down for just drinking. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a big part of what we the practice. show is about. Yes. Uh, so it has been a pleasure. Show number 78 uh, comes to a close here. Uh, we want to thank our uh, friends and sponsors at B&B Butchers and Restaurant on Washington Ave in Houston and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Get the bacon. It's worth it. It's worth Maybe driving so in good. from another state, quite frankly, for the bacon. It's that good. Um, we have run out of time for sampling the Mumford & Sons IPA. We'll have to get to that next week. Uh, but have a wonderful week, my friends. And we, uh, we uh, again, Leo, so appreciate you coming on the show. And thank you so much. Spindle Tap, uh, it, is a, it is an honor to reside in the city that is producing such great beer as you guys are. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun.